welcome everybody to this edition of Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Leakin and KZUM HD. This is Casey Cargus, Executive Director of the Mediation Center. My co-host again today is Tawny Waddington. Tawny is the Executive Director of Wix. The show is created to highlight the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective. Uh, to learn more about Cause Collective and how our members better serve your community, visit our website at www.causecollectivelincoln.org. While you're there, we'd love to have you sign up for our community newsletter. It's free. Just click on the button, click on the button on the top right of our page. We are very fortunate today on our Cause Collective radio program to have Megan McCuffey. Uh, Megan is the executive director of Community Crops, and I imagine they are ready to just get going. Megan, thanks for joining, uh, joining our uh, program today. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So let's, let's uh, just a little background on community crops, what it is and why people should be interested. Yeah, so community crops is a 19 year old nonprofit here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Our mission is to provide education, advocacy and experiences to grow local food. So we started with just one community garden uh, 19 years ago, and today we have grown substantially. We're all around the city of Lincoln. So there are 12 community gardens, two farm sites, an urban agriculture plot, and two production greenhouses. So everything we do is really centered around that idea of growing local food, both for families and for the community as a whole. And we do a lot of education and technical support to help people be successful. So we are just kicking off and getting going. I'm assuming everybody who is going to be uh, participating this year is already all set or are you, st are you still recruiting? Very close to all set. Yes. With, with our current number of sites that we do fill up usually by March. So although it's just now getting warm enough for many people to start thinking about gardening, uh, our 12 sites are full of over 200 families now and our farmers are already getting their businesses going for the season. But we, we always accept more applications and always just want to hear about the need that's out there so we can get people plugged in. So tell me a little bit more about how many participate in community garden, gardens. Yes, yeah, so we have over 200 families that participate in our garden program. And our farm program, we have about 10 additional uh, groups. So these could be families, these could be partnerships or individuals. But really the makeup is fairly similar across our program. So anyone can participate and can sign up to be part of our programs. But about 80% of our participants are low to moderate income and about 40 to 45% are immigrants and refugees. So we really try to serve the diverse members of our community and make sure these services are accessible to the folks that need them the most. This is KZUM Radio. We are very fortunate today to have Megan McCuffey. Uh, Megan is the Executive Director of Community Crops. And Megan, do people do this just one year or do a lot of your people come back and they continue to grow? Yeah, that's a great question. Most people do come back. It, it, it changes year to year, but the farm program is currently set up on about a five-year model. So most individuals participate or roughly five years as they kind of grow and expand their local business. And then the garden program, we have gardeners who've been in for 15, 20 years almost, and, and others who maybe just join us for a year or two and then find something else. So we kind of have the full spectrum of experience in that sense. 
Okay, so help me, because this is kind of new. When you say farm program, tell me a little bit more what that is. Sure. So both of our programs are giving people land access to help them grow food, but I think the difference in is what they're growing that food for. So in a garden program, you're mostly growing food for your own family, maybe to share with your neighbors. Um, so that's kind of that individual household food security. But in the farm program, it's really an entrepreneurship program. So these are people who are maybe sure they're growing some of that food to eat themselves, but the vast majority of what they're growing is actually being grow grown to sell into the community. So it is truly a farm business. Uh, our farmers did over $24,000 in sales last year. And so really they're looking to uh, grow products that can be sold into local markets, whether it's the farmer's market, uh, local ethnic grocery stores and, and other avenues. So do they, do, do they start, how does it really work for each family or each farmer? How does, how, how does it, the program really work for them? Sure. So really to get started in any of our programs, people are filling out an application in the winter and kind of letting us know they're interested, what their experience level is, what needs they might have. And then we sit down and talk with each of them and make sure that the program's a good fit and we understand what their goals are. And then uh, year to year, it varies based on our available funding and the farmers that we are working with. But we also provide education and technical support, especially in those winter months when they're not so busy out at the farm. So making sure that they, they have the knowledge they need, both in food production, but also in business management so that they can be successful. And because we work with a really high population of immigrants and refugees, some of those services could also include, you know, helping make sure they have understanding of English or a different climate here in Nebraska. Uh, you know, it's a little different if you're working with like a, a traditional person from Nebraska, maybe they're a first time farmer and they know nothing about farming. Well, many of our immigrant and refugee farmers have extensive farming backgrounds from their home countries. So it's more about how do I adapt to the Nebraska climate or how do I access markets here in the United States or use technology to help me grow my business. So we really try to customize uh, our service to the, the groups we're working with. Our largest community we currently work with in the farm program is the Yazidi. Uh, this is an, uh, an ethnic minority from Northern Iraq and the largest community of them in the United States actually calls Lincoln, Nebraska home. And most of these farmers have significant backgrounds in farming from Iraq. So. Again, here was a place where uh, we kind of met them where they were at. They didn't need as many farming skills, but there were other supports that helped them grow their businesses here in the United States that we focus more on. And uh, it's incredible to see them kind of rebuild their cultural food shed here in Lincoln, bring in products that you couldn't find here before and serve not only their own community, but also the larger Middle Eastern community and, and pushing the rest of us to try new products and enjoy new delicious uh, produce from their farms. You are listening nice. to K KZUM and KZUM HD. This is the Cause Collective Radio Program. Uh, we highlight the uh, nonprofits in the area that make it such a strong community. Megan McCuffey from uh, uh, Executive Director of Community Crops is sharing. So, Megan, when it comes to the finances for it, is this is the seed donated? How, how does to, to someone, so if someone wants to participate, what, what, are, they, what are they getting into? Sure. So um, our organization is roughly 60% grant funded. So that helps uh, underlie a lot of our programs. But additionally, we get some small fees from our farmers and gardeners and renters for renting the land. That's all on a sliding scale basis related to their income, of course. 
and then we also get money from direct donations from the community, as well as investments from things like our annual plant sale and our Feast on the Farm fundraiser. So that's some of how we are funded. And then as for participants or people who want to contribute, you know, we use a lot of volunteers. That's really significant to running our garden and farm programs. Uh, and then the participants, once they pay that small fee to participate, we're providing a lot of resources, whether that's access to land, water, a lot of our seeds are donated in our seed library. We, we grow a lot of the plants that we give away to the gardeners and other community members find us and donate extra plants they have in the spring. So it's really sort of a community effort that comes from a lot of different sources, but we try to not only give people access to land, but kind of that whole continuum of resources, whether it's tools or technical knowledge they need to be successful. So if someone is interested and they want to participate, where do they turn? How do they do it? Sure. A great place to start would be our website, which is communitycrops.org. And so this is a great place to find out about our specific programs and fundraisers, volunteer opportunities, uh, or how you can sign up to participate. And you can also reach us at info at communitycrops.org or at 402-474-9802. Okay, and then about your organization, when I say community crops, board of directors, any staff, tell me how this all gets pulled together. Yes, we are a small but mighty team, I would say. So we have a 15 member board of directors that are all volunteers. They're a really wonderful, great hands-on group that helps us forward the mission and also get the resources we need to do all of this great work. Uh, and then our staff team consists of six individuals, not all of whom are full-time, but uh, there are two of us kind of dedicated in the office, me as the executive director, and then uh, Trish is our administrative coordinator, and she's actually a really cool shared position between Community Crops and NeighborWorks Lincoln, where our office is located, so that's a fun partnership. Then we have four additional program-level staff that are really the ones that day-to-day -day are running our garden, farm, and greenhouse sites. And that's Amy Shahab, Megan Baker, and Ash. And then I heard volunteers. So many volunteers, yes. They're so necessary to what we do. So uh, one thing I really love about our garden program is a lot of our volunteers actually are participants themselves. We, we have a program called Work Trade. So gardeners can choose instead of paying a plot fee to dedicate a couple of hours each month during the growing season to actually helping in the common spaces of their site. And we love that not only because it helps with our staff capacity, but also because it really starts to build community and ownership of the garden amongst the gardeners. So we love that. Uh, we also work quite a lot with University of Nebraska. Uh, there are many great students that volunteer with us each semester and help add capacity to our programs. And then in the summer months, we also have groups from places like United Way and other community organizations that come in and tackle some of those bigger projects that are required in July and August when the, the farm and garden sites need a little extra love. Okay, just because I'm a small town Nebraska kid, um, <laughs> having a variety of things growing in the same space, does is there any coordination there or does everybody get their area and you can grow what you want and who helps with that? Great question. Yeah, I think that concept of like community garden can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So our primary model is what I would call an allotment model. So we operate in 100 square foot plot increments. So 
when a family fills out an application each year to garden with us, they're letting us know how many plots they want. And that's right now up to four plots due to capacity limits. And once a family is placed there and they pay their fee and go through orientation, they can really be as creative as they want in that space. So short of planting noxious weeds, they can really grow whatever they want in their space. We just try to give them the education and support to make that possible, but they do all the maintenance and they enjoy all the harvest. Uh, we do have some alternative models. So during the pandemic, there was such a need. We had over 90 people on the waiting list for our garden program. Oh. And so that was really tough and we wanted to make it more accessible to people. So we kind of found like strips wherever we could at the garden. Maybe it wasn't a hundred square foot plot we could rent to somebody, but if we could add a little garden at the entrance or an extra plot that we could then put a donation garden in, our staff and volunteers did that. And that was a way of making sure someone walking by could at least maybe harvest a handful of tomatoes on their way and still enjoy the garden. So we're always open to other models. Um, another great example is the Kenya Garden, and this is a partnership with Asian Community and Cultural Center and Bryan Health, where uh, there's another refugee community in Lincoln, the Karen, and they were used to more of a, a kind of a communal style of gardening, a lot of intergenerational work. And so they didn't really want like, a, you know, a couple of plots that were divided up into individual families. So we worked with them and we learned from their community and they have an entire garden that is kind of more on their model that works for their community. So we're always open to alternatives and we, we do work with organizations and individuals to come up with cool projects like that when they make sense. And then the farmers are definitely like on a larger scale. They started an eighth of an acre managing their own plots and just getting some support from us, but they do all the maintenance and harvest from those as well. You are listening to KZUM and KZUMHD. This is the Cause Collective radio program. We're highlighting today community crops. And so, Megan, um, is if, are there needs out there? Are you needs for more land, more volunteers? How can people help grow this great idea? Yes, definitely. There's a lot of need out there, especially during the pandemic. I think more people than ever became interested in where their food was coming from and the challenges in our food system. So community crops is at a point, we're really proud of the expansion we've accomplished in the last few years, but we're really just scratching the surface of the need. And we, we don't do a lot of advertising and recruitment for our programs because they are so full already. So we are always looking for land partners. That's, that's something I would love people to know about community crops. We manage over 19 acres of property and we don't own any of it. So everything we do is truly made possible by partnerships, wonderful organizations in all three sectors who say, hey, I have some land and I'd like to prioritize it for this work. And so we're always looking for new land partners as well as additional financial resources that will allow us to expand our staffing so that we can care for those sites and really do the education and community building work that's required to make them successful. So when you hear uh, finances, if someone is interested, it's like, hey, I want to uh, help grow this nonprofit. Do they get a hold of you? How, who do they talk to? Yes, they are welcome to get a hold of me. And that phone number I mentioned earlier or info at communitycrops.org will come straight to me. Uh, and I'd love to start those conversations. And we really love to love to work with community groups to say, you know, what are you interested in? What are your priorities? And there's usually with our diverse uh, array of services a fit there. And so we'll work together to find something they can be proud to invest in. And what was that phone number again? 402-474-9802. 
And when you talk, Megan, about the growth, kind of where what has happened, especially through the pandemic, I can't imagine. Um, kind of where have you been and where do you hope to go in the next few years? Yes, so the pandemic was definitely kind of an accelerant to the things that we already knew were needed and, and were prioritizing. So first, from an educational perspective, you know, we had to get very creative, like so many nonprofits did. People still needed information, but it was challenging sometimes to gather in person. So we have learned a lot about signage and videos. Videos are a lot more accessible to people. Uh, and we've also worked really hard to make sure that anything we provide can be translated, that there can be an interpreter available, uh, you know, so that it's truly accessible to more members of the community. Uh, we also got creative. I mentioned the donation gardens as one example. We also did some container garden kits. So maybe you can't get into our garden site right away, but maybe we can send you home with a kit that you can fit on your patio and grow a little bit of food until we can get you more land. Uh, and then I think as far as the biggest piece would be expanding the land base that we operate from. Uh, I mentioned the farm program. We have two sites. So the first is Prairie Pines and that's like a traditional incubator farm. So Farmers can stay there for up to five years. They get educational support. They kind of grow their land base, grow their business. And then our vision was always, they're gonna go off and graduate and find their own land. And really what we learned is the way agricultural land is priced here in the state of Nebraska, it is very challenging to break into farming if you don't come from a family that already has that land and resources. So we were graduating successful farmers who are often not making it because of the challenges of keeping land after they left our program. So we had a really innovative partnership come up in the last few years, uh, which allowed us to open our second farm site, which is called Air Park Farm. And so this was thanks to so many community partners, uh, the Lincoln Lancaster County Food Policy Council, uh, Councilwoman Tammy Ward was kind of our champion of local food. And so she was able to connect us to the, the Lincoln Airport Authority Board who manages quite a lot of farmland, but it's being used for conventional farming. So uh, products that become like feed for animals or fuel and not necessarily food for our community. So we were able to take a 12 acre parcel of land and convert that over for food production. And this is like beyond the incubator model, right? Like this is a piece of land where people could farm for many years potentially without those limitations. And it's kind of our first step in saying, this is important to the community. We need a better local food supply. We want to support local entrepreneurs. So how can we make this happen? And it was a lot of great partnerships that made that possible. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hearing partnership a lot, um, <laughs> kind of that non nonprofit model. All right, Megan, one of the favorite parts of my, uh, of our radio program is to kind of hear how nonprofit leaders got here. So for you, how did you get to how did you get to uh, community crops? Yeah, well, you know, it was an interesting journey. So I'm originally from southwestern Kansas, but I've spent several decades here in the Omaha metro and in Lincoln. And really, I started out kind of on an academic path. So I got my PhD at the University University of Nebraska at Omaha, and I was in the field of public administration. Which, for anyone that doesn't know, that's really the study of kind of the nonprofit and government sectors. And so my research was always around food systems and local government policy, and I had a real passion for that. And during my studies, every time I had a research project or an opportunity for an internship or consulting work, I was always kind of seeking out food systems work in Nebraska. 
And at the same time, I had my own little community garden plot with community crops and eventually became a volunteer and a board member there. And the stars just sort of aligned as I was getting close to graduation and trying to decide my next steps. I was very fortunate to be selected as executive director for the organization. So it's really been a dream job to me to take all the things learning about and the communities I've worked with and really get to dive in and get my hands dirty, uh, literally and figuratively every day to kind of throw the local food <laughs> in Nice. Uh, this is KZUM and KZUMHD, the Cause Collective Radio Program. Megan McCuffey, and we're highlighting community crops. And so, Megan, if someone is listening going, gosh, I would love to do this. Uh, they may be full this year. Um, how does someone get started to learn more if this is something that they can do and they can get some land to, to, to grow some stuff? Absolutely. I would say reach out to us anytime, even if our programs are full or they've started for the season. I think a big part of nonprofit work is being able to demonstrate the need that is out there. So it helps us to have you fill out applications, to have you reach out any time of year because it lets us know where is that need and how much more need is there. So again, communitycrops.org is a great place for each of the programs to find online applications or specific contact information. You're also always welcome to visit our office at 26NQ. We are co-located with NeighborWorks Lincoln and so we're always happy to chat with people that way and get them started. Uh, but really, you know, as we look to expand to the future and understand the needs, we're always trying to evolve and understand what are the biggest needs in the community and in local food work currently, and how can we help? And we get that information from community members like you. So we're always excited to talk with you, uh, especially we're all over the city of Lincoln in our program sites, but we, we really appreciate Kind of that geographic knowledge like where do people need us to be so that we can expand in places that are most helpful for our community and for those who are just popping into the radio program this is community crops megan just a little bit of the needs of your organization and if someone wants to help out where do they turn and what are you looking for right now yes so right now i would say donations are always extremely helpful uh, there's a few ways you can participate in that sense Give to Lincoln Day is coming up for all of us wonderful nonprofits in Lincoln. So that's the month of May and your donation would be matched during that month to have the biggest impact. Uh, also, our plant sale is coming up. So that's a great way where you can help community crops and get your own garden started for the year. So next weekend, or, or sorry, this weekend on Friday and Saturday, we'll have our early plant sale at First and Pioneers, the Root and Hive Greenhouses. And then in two weeks, we'll have our main plant sale on May 6th and 7th. So we'd love to see you out for those events. Uh, volunteers are also always helpful. Again, reaching out to us through the website. We really love um, to host larger groups later in the summer, but throughout the year, if you're someone who says, hey, I want to volunteer for a couple hours a month and kind of take on some study projects, that really helps us as well. So we're open to both opportunities. And uh, yeah, just appreciate your support in spreading the knowledge and information about local food all year long. I think just getting more people aware of this issue makes a huge impact. And do you have groups volunteer? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking religious groups, fraternities, sororities. Do you, I mean, are you looking for um, larger groups or more individual volunteers? Yes, uh, during the, the summer months of so sort of the June to August timeframe is when we can host larger groups. And that's just when the, the need is the greatest and our staff capacity allows us to give the volunteers a good experience as well. 
Uh, and then during the school year, we work pretty heavily with our, our UNL volunteers. So they're, they're very helpful during those times. So I would say the summer months are best and uh, scheduling things far in advance, as, as far as in advance as you can with weather being a factor in all of our volunteer work. Uh, but we do enjoy hosting groups for those larger projects. Nice. Well, Megan, we're getting to the end. So anything else you want people to know about community crops? Um, and anything, uh, anyway, why don't you give your contact information one more time? So if someone's interested in community crops or want to donate, they know where to go. Sure. So if you want more information or you'd like to contribute, our website is communitycrops.org and you can reach us at info at communitycrops.org or by calling 402-474-9802. And yeah, I guess I would just want everyone to know, you know, local food is so important. It impacts all of us. It makes our community a better place to live, not only because people are eating healthier, but there are really healing benefits to time in nature, time in community, and allowing people to kind of continue their traditions, food traditions, cultural traditions uh, here in Lincoln. So we really appreciate the support. We appreciate people highlighting the importance of these issues. And just encourage everyone, try to grow a little bit of your own food. Try to support a local farmer this summer. Uh, I promise you'll see big results and it'll be something you really enjoy. So thank you. Nice. Well, we've been um, interviewing Megan McGuffey. Megan is Executive Director of Community Crops. And you have been listening to KZUM and KZUM HD. Uh, this is a nonprofit radio program highlighting uh, Lincoln's nonprofits. Uh, if you're interested in podcasts, you can turn to www.causecollectivelincoln.org. And we'd also like to have you sign up for our free newsletter to kind of keep up with all the nonprofits in our area. So, Megan, thanks for joining us, Tony. Great uh, hearing from you again. And uh, I hope you will continue to listen to KZUM to learn more about nonprofits in your area. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Thank you.